0: A lot of traders think that automated trading is the be-all and end-all, and it's your way out of psychological torture as a trader. That's not true. Yeah, exactly. Hey, it's Walter here, and you're at the Think Profit Podcast, where we're going to
1: help you develop a rock-solid trading confidence and avoid the potentially endless cycle of system switching. Right, Hugh? That's right. We're going to help you develop a wealth mindset, develop a trading strategy that fits your core personality, and help you overcome the obstacles that stop over 90% of traders. All right, Hugh, sounds good, you ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Walter, this is something that came up uh, recently this week. It, it's around like mechanical backtesting or you know automated strategies. What's kind of the psychology you go through when you test something that's automated? It can be difficult for the average trader to get an EA or some sort of a program, stick it in, uh, they test three or four pairs and it doesn't work, right? So where would you take it from there?
0: Okay, so Probably, I would recommend that people who are into this. There's a couple of books. Um, one is by Kevin Davey, and the other one, I don't think it's Stidham, but it's another guy. I'll put I'll put the links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal with that: like, you really need to group your data into to, into two sets. One set is the set that you're going to test on and make sure that your strategy works, right? Like, which is what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. The other set which is the out of the data, the out of set data that you're going to use to take that system that you've developed and see if it actually works. Mm -hmm. Right. So in, in one sense, you're like, like, let's say you have like some moving averages and, you know, Bollinger bands and RSI. And so you're kind of optimizing the levels and the values and all that on one set of data. Now, now what you need to do is take that data and the out of sample data is where you actually run the strategy to see if it works. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really important because what a lot of times what people will do is they will take, like if they have 60 months of data, they will take like 55 months, develop the strategy, and then take five months and actually test it. You don't want to do that. You actually, you're actually better off in the reverse, having a little, a little chunk of time or data to develop the strategy and then more to actually see if it actually works, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm a real big believer in simple strategies that don't have a lot of degrees of freedom. So degrees of freedom just means uh, the availability of different settings, different levels, right? Mm -hmm. So a moving average has tons of degrees of freedom, right? So yeah, so if in that case, what you said, which is if I had a strategy and I tested on it and it didn't work, you should probably throw it away right? Mm-hmm. That, that would be the thing to do. But in most cases, what people do is they'll go back and they'll say, well, what if I had done this? Okay. What's happening now is you're over-optimizing that data set immediately. As soon as, as, soon as you did that, as soon as you said, okay, I'm going to use this indicator or this pattern or whatever it is on this set of data and it didn't work, that's like, throw it away and you should like... Start with something completely different because the more you go back on that set of data and try and make it work, the more what you're doing is fitting that strategy to work on that particular set of data. You know what I mean? That time period in the markets and that, and that will come out when you take that data and then you apply that system, that system that you used, that you developed on that set of data and then applied on the out of sample data. So that's the real problem. So probably the biggest thing I think is that is understanding that the relationship between the data that you use to develop your strategy and the data that you use to test your strategy. The other thing is, a lot of traders think that automated trading is the be-all and end-all and it's your way out of psychological torture as a trader. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is not true. It is not true. Because you still have to turn it on and you have to turn it off. You have to say, oh no, we're in a GFC or we're in a you know pandemic. So that means I shouldn't trade my strategy anymore. right? Or I mm-hmm. should reduce my risk. Or... And basically what you're doing is you're making up rules on the fly, okay? Because you you didn't, you didn't have any um, contingencies for that when you develop your strategy. So thinking that letting the computer make the choices for you is gonna help you avoid you know the psychological pitfalls of trading is, I think, wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true at all. Unfortunately, a lot of us fall victim to that. Now, I will admit that I do like to use automation on the exits Mm. I found this to be very freeing um, if you're using like a trailing exit or something that you don't want to check every you know for me like I don't want to check every six hour or eight hour candle or whatever so I can do that right I can set a target and I can set my automated EA exit to get me out so Mm. that that's really cool I think to do that there still is a temptation to fiddle with it and all that but at the end of the day using automation in your training is really kind of a test of how developed or evolved you are as a trader I think the more confidence you have in your automation whatever that is whether it's an exit rule or you know the complete strategy that's going to come from your from your testing right from your mm-hmm. from your experience from getting dirty with the data and so like if you're a beginner and you're starting to get into trading I think it's the worst thing you can do I really do I think you I, I think you're better off just learning Simple strategies and applying them manually, mm. but I think later on, I think it, it it kind of is like the way that a lot of traders end up looking you know as you, if you 've been doing this for ten years you 're certainly going to look to for some shortcuts right you 're going to look mm. for some how do I get myself away from the computer yeah. sort of thing so yeah, I can see to me, I can see those two things the in sample and out of sample. Testing and the thought that it's going to remove all all emotion from your training. I think those are the two biggies for me. What about you? Mm.
1: That's true. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a big uh, fully automated person either, but um, I can see where either automating the entry or the exit could be a, a good way to go and just kind of save yourself some time. Um, my trading buddy likes to automate his entries so that the uh, stop gets moved automatically, but he manages the exit, uh, and so you you automate the exit. So. I can, see the, um, I can see it helping there, but I think, yeah, like the idea of testing or having a fully automated system is not for everybody. I think the psychology behind that and the technical mindset behind that, I think is really hard to get your head around. Hey there, I hope you're finding this episode useful. I just wanted to let you know that Walter and I give away something valuable every month that helps traders improve their skills. You can enter to win by simply leaving an iTunes review and leaving a comment on our YouTube videos. At the end of each month, we'll look at the comments and reviews from the month and we'll pick a winner at random. Each comment and each review counts for one entry during the month that it's submitted. So if you're interested in that, be sure to enter after this podcast is over. All right, back to the episode.
0: And to be honest, like I think people overcomplicate it, you know, kind of on the degrees of freedom thing. Like I'm serious, like I've seen some really good strategies and you know what they are? They're things like, you know, buy the pound at three o'clock every every day. Mm. Like it's like simple stuff like that. And you're like what that would never work you know or or um buy when the market or or sell when the market makes three candles in a row where it closes higher than the previous candle Mm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you know you know it's kind of like a counter trend move or whatever like like there's so many really like you you look at the rules of the code and you're just like no way man there's no way that's gonna work Mm -hmm. and but it does and so that's another thing to keep in mind. I think as beginners we start like and I was the same way. Dude, when I first like we had my friend and I, my trading buddy, we had a spreadsheet with 15 different things, different indicator levels that we'd look at and I would actually tick on the spreadsheet yes no, yes no. And if like if I had 12 of the 15 in the right direction, I would take the trade. You know, that's what I did. And that was on the 3-minute charts. You know what would happen? By the time I went through the all 15 <laughs> things, the 3-minute candle would already <laughs> print, you know what I mean? Like it was crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah yeah I think we've all been down that route though right with the checklist and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally.
0: Yeah, it was so funny. Yeah. Um, that was pretty man. classic, yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Oh well, thanks yeah. for the insights. All right, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. All information in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not trading or investment advice.